Hey friends, over the next few months, I will be interviewing unique people who have great ideas on how to make radical changes in America's eating habits, boost awareness of our environment, and contribute to the economic health of our country. This is Meryl Kennedy, and this is my podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Rice Up Your Bowl. I'm super excited about today because I have an extremely special guest, my father, Elton Kennedy, here to tell us a little bit about his story. So I don't know how I convinced him to be on the podcast, but super excited to have him here with us. So first of all, Dad, um, welcome to the podcast. And I just want our listeners to hear a little bit about your story and your humble beginnings. So tell us a little bit of, of where you came from and how you got started farming. Well, I came from here in Louisiana, a parish called West Carroll Parish. We uh, went to school there at <clears throat> Close and uh, finished high school in 63 and went to work in, uh, in, my, in Dallas. And, and uh, then one day my dad showed up and he, had, he was, of course, he was a pretty good promoter and he uh, putting things together and, and he said, uh, <coughs> excuse me, he said, I found some land we can rent and uh, with an option to buy and hey, you wanna come home and do some farming. So uh, so I was real proud to hear that to say the least. And so anyway, came home, we started and uh, had, had a wheat crop in the fall of uh, 63 and uh, just kind of went from there and done a lot of soybean farming and uh, stayed pretty broke through the 60s. And uh, in 69, I was fortunate enough to uh, lease some rice quota, which in those days you had to have a quota to plant rice. And uh, started farming rice in 69 and kind of got on my feet and early 70s and 73. Uh, yeah, so I have to ask you about this. I mean, you, you okay. this is probably your biggest career moment. Um, and so, you know, for many people that don't know the story, um, it truly was a situation where I guess the rice market was not great and you had lots of years of, of bad times. And then and I'll let you tell it from your own words. Well, in '73, uh, right? In '73, Rice, uh, uh, for whatever reasons, I won't go into that, but but it went to two or three times as much as it had been bringing. Uh, so, uh, so we had a great year. I mean, we we got a lot of money for our rice and uh, put me uh, in the pla- in the black, so to speak, and. Uh, in doing all of that, I, <clears throat> I met uh, Frank Godshaw, which uh, uh, became uh, a, a very good friend of mine. In fact, I sold and He was the chairman and owner of Riviana Foods and third generation rice people that have been from South Louisiana. And, and <clears throat> so I... Uh, Sold them my rice in 73, got to know them, uh, got to be good friends. In 86, uh, 
I uh, was asked to go on the board of Riviana, and uh, so I did so, and was there for 20 years. And in doing all of that, uh, uh, I, I, I learned a lot it, it, from the, the milling business, from rice milling business to uh, distributing to packaging rice, just whatever, uh, domestically and, and abroad. We had uh, companies uh, in Europe and uh, Central America. And so uh, that... Uh, well, I, I mean, I had the, the pleasure of knowing Mr. Frank, and I think it says a lot for him, but even more... Um, for you, I know that it was a big accomplishment in your life, um, and you you made a lot of friends throughout the industry. But but most of all, you know, um, it's it was just something that you know you were able to kind of continue to give back to the industry. And what you won't tell people, which I will, I guess, is that there was many years that you supplied Riviana with the rice that they needed when the rice you know rice crop would go down and. There was fluctuations in the market. So this little kid from West Carroll without a degree, um, you know, it was it was a big deal. And you and Mr. Frank did a lot of awesome things together. We did. We did. And uh, so uh, so after the company was sold and uh, I guess that was 04 or somewhere right in there, uh, we... Uh, uh, we became closer, really, and his he was older age, and uh, and so I wound up uh, with one of the the mills, Riviana Mills. Uh, uh, they kept on till I finally leased it, and uh, so uh, so I asked Mr. Frank. I said, "Well, how about you just being a partner, and we'll go back to milling rice." And so we did, and, and that lasted about 10 years. And uh, and then later, we, uh, when you decided you was going to come home and work with me and hit with me, well, hit me. so uh, we built our own mill here in, in Marouge. And so uh, it's it's been a lot of fun, and uh, we continue to do, and uh, so... Uh, Talk about continuing to do in, in your words. Tell tell everyone about your um, the organic farming that you've been helping us with and some of the um, new age, I guess, practices that we're implementing because um, without your help with that project, we wouldn't have been able to transition the acreage that we have been able to transition. So um, I know that that's something that you've been pretty instrumental on helping us implement. Well, it's, uh, it's this, this, uh, organic farming is, uh, is a pretty, pretty tough at, at times, but it's, uh, it's very, has been very rewarding for us. Uh, and, uh, so we try to do it the right way. And, uh, and that's, uh, at, at times is a uh, is a struggle, but anyway, we we we've been successful at it, and uh, you've been able to take that and uh, 
with a with a market and 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 do do well with it, which has has been great. So, well, wow, uh, couldn't have done it without your leadership. Well, uh, anyway, uh, we've uh, it's, it's been on it's been a long journey and uh, been a lot of fun and uh, so we're still we're still on it. So. Uh, <laughs> So thanks to you and uh, and uh, so. Well, I have to I have to kind of wrap up the podcast with kind of a family favorite um, recipe. Our patches would never let us down, right? So uh, I know she wants to have you on her cooking show later in the month. But um, all of our favorite recipe that you're famous for is and we all know that you're an avid hunter as well but is your wild turkey breast and rice and and what well rice and gravy that's right <laughs> you gotta the the gravy makes it but but it's uh it's rice and we we all enjoy rice and uh i guess we eat it every day to some form this this group and now my grandchildren is is has to have it so that's good so uh you know i have a hard time uh, uh <clears throat> when i go up no i go to, in the mon uh, in montana for instance and i mean those people they eat potatoes you know and uh i'm having a hard time selling selling them but once i can get them to eat and rice well uh, they get off them potatoes some well make them some of your famous gravy so um you know, you always called it Tootlem gravy. That's right. That's right. That's, that's what my mom called it. Yeah, I believe that's right. So, and it's a white gravy, right? That's right. And it's, uh, but you got to put those uh, wild turkey breasts and a little bit of Tabasco and uh, and milk and uh, put overnight and that helps, that helps to go with it. Well, I know it's what I asked for on my birthday, so it's my favorite meal. Um, and I know it's a family favorite. So thank you again, Dad. Thank you for your legacy and um, your mentorship and truly um, are a hero to many people, myself included. So thanks for being on the podcast and telling your story and reminding people, even in Montana, to rice up their bowl, right? So um that's right so thank you yeah love you very much bye